Hi everyone, I just wanted to welcome you to our latest Realistic Medicine podcast. My name is Lindsay Stewart and I am the Programme Manager for Realistic Medicine in NHS Highland. So in this episode today I'm joined by Amanda who is one of our Programme Managers in NHS Grampian and what we're wanting to do today is just have a general discussion about what we do, what made us want to be involved with realistic medicine, um, what sort of challenges and successes that we've had, and then our sort of must-dos, recommendations for anybody new who's starting with, with realistic medicine or looking to implement it in services in their health boards. Um, so, like I said, my name is Lindsay Stewart and I'm based in NHS Highland. So, my background is clerical, so I do a lot of work still currently with the endoscopy service within Ragmore for NHS Highland. Um, and as a programme manager for realistic medicine, really our, our role has been a sort of central point of contact. So, anybody can come to us with, for, you know, advice or you know, any questions that they have, trying to get communication out for realistic medicine. So that's a little bit about, about myself and I will hand over to Amanda to introduce yourself. Thanks, Lindsay. So yeah, as Lindsay said, uh, I'm Amanda, Amanda Gotch. Um, I am the Realistic Medicine Programme Manager for NHS Grampian and NHS Orkney. We actually have a collaboration with Orkney. Um, we started that uh, just around early this year, early 2022. Um, and I will go into a bit more detail about that as Lindsay and I chat. Um, I am a midwife by clinical background. I've been a midwife for a very long time. Um, but uh, I really kind of uh, came round to doing this work as programme manager for realistic medicine after undertaking the Scottish Quality and Safety Fellowship. Um, heard about realistic medicine um, whilst on the fellowship and thought well that makes sense uh, to me as a midwife. Um, so so really from there when the opportunity came up uh, to, to be the programme manager at the time for, for Grampian um, I absolutely jumped on the opportunity um so and here I am <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um yeah it's a bit like myself so when I saw the post for um the program manager for realistic medicine come up with my background I look on a daily basis at the ever-growing waiting list within every hospital in Scotland not just ourselves or with yourself and Grampian you'll know um and the amount of times that I've seen patients who sat on a waiting list for weeks and weeks, then when we had capacity, we would call for the patient and the, you know, I can't stress the amount of times we had patients on the phone to us saying, oh, I don't know why I'm on the waiting list for that procedure. Or we'll phone them and say, yep, we're going to call you in, you're going to come in for your colonoscopy. And when we say to them, you know, you'll have four litres of bowel prep, what the procedure actually is straight away they're going oh I can't do that I don't want to do that um, and you know if they used realistic medicine at either a clinic appointment or at the GP appointment and said this is what might happen you can have that conversation there and then to the patient to say you know this is what to expect there might be an alternative that they can do but also if there is no alternative, 
you're giving the patient the right information to prepare themselves. I know myself, I'm terrified of the dentist. And I had to go for my first filling and I had a nightmare for a week until I actually asked the question and it put my mind at ease. So I think it, it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that shared decision making and and personalised care were the the kind of two of the six uh, principles that, that, yeah, spoke to me, most Lindsay as well. And I think, again, not just as, well, yes, as a midwife, but also as a human being. Um, And you're right. It is that we always imagine the worst case scenario, don't we, when when we've got to go through something. And it might be bad. It might be bad. But but being able to to have the opportunity to prepare for it and at least you know start to maybe understand a bit more about the things that could might you know should happen uh and the things that that definitely won't happen um you know (laughs) will um will goes a long way I think to to helping me people make decisions and and we do know there is evidence out there that that when people are given all the information to help them to make a decision they usually choose the most conservative option um as well which I think is you know especially in in today's healthcare kind of landscape that we're looking at I think that's something we need to be aware of um that you know like you say those people you phone up that say oh no Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm on that waiting list um you know that that's some work we're going to be doing in Grampian we've just been awarded um funding to, to in Grampian and in Orkney to look at um you know why why people are unnecessarily put on waiting lists why why are people um added to these you know what is that is that a just in case is that just you know we need to feel like we're doing something i'm just kind of plucking things out the air here but yeah yeah. yeah, but we've got an external company who's going to come they did the it's okay to ask campaign um for the the national campaign for nhs 24 um so we're going to employ them to do the research in the first year around what that's about uh these are necessary or inappropriate referrals uh, and to work out how we can give colleagues the the skills the confidence the permission yeah. to be able to say no sometimes that Absolutely. actually that procedure is not going to add value to you yeah. um and and that speaks to all six principles I think of realistic yeah, no, medicine definitely definitely <laughs> yeah. I think as well yeah. you know when we put a sort of survey round to different healthcare workers and just said what were you know what do they feel as their roadblocks were and a few people did come back with saying well you know we don't want to we don't want it to look like we're saying no you can't have a treatment and then a bad outcome back come back and I think that's where it's so important that as program managers that we have you know almost like a book of you know communication (laughs) of saying yeah absolutely and that's something we're working on just to say no it this the point of realistic medicine is not just to say no that's it no it is to offer and have a conversation and explore all the options yes it might take a little bit longer at an initial appointment Mm -hmm. but I think in the bigger picture when you look at a patient's pathway it will give patients a better experience. It'll be more streamlined. There won't be, you know, being put on one waiting list, have a long, long wait to then say no and get put on another waiting list. You know, it's not great for anybody, for the initial clinician putting it on or for the patient's experience as a whole. So Mm, I think that's one of the, the really important sort of, you know, the important aspects of realistic medicine to look at those. 
Absolutely. And, it, it, you know, just to go back on what you said there and about the first appointment might be longer. Yeah. You know, I've had that conversation with clinicians because that that could be one of the potential barriers, mm-hmm. perceived barriers yeah, as well, yeah. is that it'll mean it'll take longer. And and yeah, I mean, it, it could. But like you just said, the, the experience will be different. And also there's the, the chance that future appointments either will be shorter or yeah. they won't be required um, because, exactly. the, you know, they have such a good discussion at that first appointment yeah. that a decision can be made or the option to do nothing, yeah. which yeah. is one of the, the brand options, yes, um, it, you know, is what's chosen. And it's it's OK. I think we need to get better, you know, speaking as a clinician, mm-hmm. um, at being comfortable with the option of nothing. Um, because you're right, there is the whole thing. I need to be seen to be doing something yeah. or making this person better. Um, but again, this might be coming from, you know, because I, I work in maternity services, which is mm-hmm. different. I, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but the, the option of doing nothing should be a valid option yeah. um, and should be spoken about the same way as, as any other option. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Yeah. So that kind of sums up our <laughs> very general <laughs> opening discussion. But so. I've only been in my role for about six months now. And Amanda, I know you've been doing this a little bit longer. A little bit longer, yeah. <laughs> so probably this one's better for yourself than me. But what have been your sort of successes? What have you seen work really well? And what have your challenges been sort of implementing different things in different <laughs> areas? Obviously, you know yourself, some things what works in one area won't quite work the same in another. But yeah. yeah, how have you yeah. found that? Well, uh, I'll I'll start with the challenges, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest challenges has been how do we know we're doing this? You know, our measures. So, we, so we do have. So, I, I I'm fortunate in in Grampian. I think because we work across the two boards, we have a a really robust program board, and I have a full time um, project manager that works with me as well. Um, and and we have lots of different plates spinning in the air, lots of different projects, and then, and we're not we're not running all of them. Don't don't imagine that I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing the world, um. But but we absolutely uh, offer support to anybody doing any work where realistic medicine is featured, which is just about everything. Um. Yeah. But being able to measure, um. You know, if I go back to the 2025 vision that by 2025 mm-hmm. in Scotland, we'll, we'll all be doing this this work in health and social care um, yeah. using the, the ethos of realistic medicine. How do we know that? How are we going to be able to say, you know, yes, in Grampian and Orkney, we are doing all our work through that. We can show small pieces of evidence and, and as I say, individual projects. But being able to say that we are we're, we're utilising the whole ethos yeah. of realistic medicine um, has always been a bit of a challenge. And anyone listening to this who's been any any meetings with me around this <laughs> will probably be sick of me saying it. But I think it's it, it and it maybe it's just the understanding of that. You know, how are we going to be able to demonstrate to Scottish government, to the people yeah. in Grampian and Orkney, um, we are a, a health and social care or health and care provider that um, embodies the principles of realistic medicine. Um, and it maybe is just pulling all that together, but that has been a big challenge. The other challenge is, is when I go in and, and speak with colleagues around this, I'm not teaching them how to do this. Yeah. I, I think there is sometimes that perceived barrier, oh, here she comes, she's going to tell us how to do realistic medicine. Absolutely not. Yeah not what I hope I do is that I show people where they're already doing it and where there might be opportunities to do it or to do it more better um, and being able to offer support so so 
Lee and myself do a lot of presentations um, and we go along to workshops, forums, meetings. Um, and that's what we start with. We are not here to tell you how to do yeah. this. I'd love to be able to say that to everybody. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and another challenge which we're, we're just cracking, so it's not maybe so much of a challenge now, is engaging with the public because yeah. they are 50 percent of this. Um, you know, we, we're not doing this to them. We're doing this with them. Um, so so we are just now um we've got um we're meeting with our public involvement network but we we absolutely we need to get the information out there to the public to the people mm -hmm. that are going to be accessing the care with us yeah. um because if their expectations are realistic and of yeah. and of realistic medicine yeah. um then we're going to be able to meet those so much better yeah, um okay. so so those have been some of the challenges the successes um our communication <laughs> and engagement positive sometimes isn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah. no, I'm going to I'm going to end on a high um I, no absolutely our communication and engagement um we we have you know Lee and I if if we're not presenting uh, at some point in a week we think something's wrong um I'm presenting this afternoon um to our clinical board for Grampian and and then I've got another one later in the week with Orkney um so we do a lot of communication engagement and um we're going to be going on the local hospital radio um we as i say we we're getting into the universities now as well mm -hmm. um but that has been a real success and i i really think this will this will kind of bleed into your you, yeah. probably the last thing we're going to talk about is what advice i would give but yeah. networking networking yeah. networking networking it honestly um that's one thing I've learned again on the fellowship, the power of networks, the power of of collaboration. Yeah. Um, we've done working Grampian on our longest waiting list, which is um, uh, community led um, vasectomies. Uh, so GP minor surgery. Mm -hmm. um, we're continuing with that work just now. But that has been a big success in that we're finally cutting our waiting list. But it yeah. was even just engaging with our colleagues in primary care, you know, our GPs, our ANPs. I, I would put a massive tick next to that because I think from the collaboration point of view, it, it was a great piece of work. It really was and, and will continue to be. Um, also, the endowment funding application for the work I mentioned earlier around um, value-based healthcare um, and, and looking at how we can have those really meaningful conversations and make true shared decisions yeah. with people um, has just been great. So they're two of the big things I could go on mm -hmm. forever, Lindsay. So I'll <laughs> stop there. <laughs> and I think, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I think as well, you know, when you start having the discussions with clinicians or any healthcare workers, when they actually start to hear about realistic medicine, I think a lot of people actually find, oh, I already do some of this. Really? You know, yeah. everybody yeah. has that conversation and it is, I suppose, about how it comes across and very aware just now that everybody within the NHS, everywhere is overstretched and everybody is overworked and working so hard in their own areas. I think what we want to do within Highland is to really highlight what people are doing within their areas because a lot of things that are done in one area can be done in others and I think everybody does get so busy that they then start on their own projects yeah but if there is somewhere that's promoting what what somebody else is doing like within endoscopy we have been doing a lot of work within our accreditation so we've been doing so much work on our waiting list doing validation 
so we utilised our nursing staff yeah. slightly differently mm-hmm. and we did pre-assessments for our long-waiting patients and we didn't remove huge numbers of patients from the waiting list, but we improved our patient care hugely by giving the patients the option of speaking to somebody and reassuring them by saying, look, you know, your symptoms are the same. We're quite happy. We're not worried about you. But again, at the same time, if one of the nurses were slightly concerned, Mm. it gave them the opportunity to say, "Okay, we're going to go and speak to somebody about this and we'll get back to you. Luckily, we were good. There was nobody in that situation. But if there was, it's it's highlighting at an earlier point rather than just leaving the waiting list Um, again. That's similar to the work in the minor surgery, the vasectomy waiting list. We did something similar. We did it with clerical staff, though, in in the community. And this is probably one of the other, I would say, um, successes. Absolutely. Realistic medicine is not for doctors. (laughs) I think that's where it's so deceiving (laughs) in the fact that it's called realistic medicine. So much of it is not medicine in a way. It is. It is shared decision making. It is personalised yeah. care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that absolutely. can be done at all sorts of levels. And yeah. and even that whole thing about you know the re- waiting list re- revalidation. Mm-hmm. You're managing risk. You yeah. you you know you you you're reducing waste and harm. Hopefully, you know that that yeah. those small number of people that that maybe have their condition has worsened, um, or has deteriorated in that yeah. time. You know, you're yes. reducing harm to them by capturing them with that with that phone call. Yeah. You know, it as I say it. it it shouldn't be perceived as just medicine, um, exactly. you know, and, and I think, yeah, that, that's a brilliant example. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we are, I, what I'm trying to do is get the communication out there because every time I speak to a different person, they have a different perception or they've only heard some bits about realistic medicine. They haven't, they don't fully know what it is, so they don't fully understand. So they assume that it's extra work, that we're trying uh, yeah. to give them something else to do, <laughs> tell them how to do things. But it, it really isn't, and it is the common sense. So with the newsletters we're doing, we've been putting them out um, every few months, just mm-hmm. highlighting information where you can go on Churas, that you can get the tools on shared decision-making, just making things available to different groups of people. Um, and again, this is kind of one of the reasons why we've been looking at doing the podcast as well. It's just, you know, it's something you can have on in the background if you want yeah. to listen to us chat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's something you could still be doing something else at the same time. Um, but yeah, I know everybody is so busy, but I think just being informed really, really does help everywhere. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So just moving on then to our, our final You'll have more recommendations again than I would, but I know there is a few openings within different health boards for program managers for realistic medicine. And I know when I first started in the post, I was very much going, oh my word, it's such, you have so many options of where to start. So what would would you give the advice to somebody just starting? Where would you say is your your easy wins almost, isn't it? (laughs) What would be your, your... your go-to if you were just starting so 
utilize the national network i mean for a start we we have um there's the, the there's the big national web network which is the clinical leads and program managers which is um you know there's a teams channel for that but then uh they kind of nicked that idea from the program managers i have to say <laughs> um because, <laughs> because uh, that that was started um you know uh early last year with the program managers that were imposed initially and it is the program and project managers network across Scotland and an amazing bunch of people um, but also just everybody is talking the same language on the same mm. wavelength but yeah. is able to collaborate share ideas share support and you know yourself Lindsay if yeah. you've got something you just think oh, how am I going to do this you send yeah. a quick message on the Teams channel uh, and someone will get back to you yeah um, someone will have either started it or has yeah. done it and yeah. it's all the so, information is there to share because it totally. is a national program it's not yeah. just one health board which is no. great so so do not reinvent the wheel if you have an idea or you know speak to each other and get it kind of yeah get a lay of the land across Scotland as to who's doing what um, because you're right Lindsay there'll be somebody doing something yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I think in, in Grampian and Orkney our action plan is aligned to the um to the the board's um action yeah. plan for the year so yeah. we've got the plan for the future in Grampian and we've got the the clinical strategy in Orkney so our work is completely it is aligned to that um, and we are front and centre um, in both of those yep. documents Absolutely. as well um, which is great um, but I think that the scoping idea so when I came into post early last year I thought yeah yeah I'll get an idea of where realistic medicine's done in the board yep. oh my word <laughs> I now liken that to looking at a plate of spaghetti um, <laughs> it, it, there, it is absolutely vast complex complicated all mm -hmm. those words um, so I think start small start attending yeah. meetings find out in your board um what are the kind of high hitter meetings yeah. so so again we've got a clinical board in grampian you know the gp subcommittee mm -hmm. um the public health monthly meeting i've been to these i've got my I, I, it helps having an unusual surname but i think uh, <laughs> i've kind of got my name out there and, and lee's doing the same she's now leading on our communication and engagement plan yeah. um but i absolutely think start making net i'll be like a broken record with this but the networks um start finding out who's doing this i'm still finding people doing work in yeah. grampian and orkney that that i'm thinking i had no idea yeah, yeah you know totally things agree. like yeah house of care making every opportunity count these are all things that were started you know years ago that link yeah. in with realistic medicine why would we redo it we yeah. shouldn't we should be linking 100%. in with it um yeah so so probably um you know that and I think anyone thinking of getting involved in you know applying to do these jobs ah oh, as a midwife I thought why am I doing this and I absolutely love it I come to work every morning and I I feel so lucky that this doesn't feel like a job yeah. um you know it, it, <laughs> I, I get to do some really fun stuff yes of course there are difficult and head-butting days where you just think oh, I'm never gonna crack this yeah. but then when you do it, it's so much more worth it um 100%. yeah and I think find the people in your organization who you know corporate comms are our best friends um they really are uh, yeah. we we can get a message out on our daily brief and grampian no problem um, and that's through our relationship with them so if we need to get something out round about realistic medicine um they they will be there for us um and the same with your, your clinical leads as well 
I know you, you've got Kate in, in Highland, yeah. who, who's yeah. awesome, and I'm, she's probably listening to this now cringing. Um, but <laughs> but I think, you know, having clinical leads that are really invested in realistic medicine yeah. is your other it thing. It makes such a difference. Yeah, yeah, That's definitely. Yeah. So Perfect. not an exhaustive list, but, but a few <laughs> hints. But I, anyone listening to this, feel free to get in touch with me on Teams, on email at any time. So, yeah. Perfect. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And I hope that anybody who's listening has found, you know, some of the information we've talked about useful, interesting, you know, and like Amanda said, if you want to get in touch with us, we'll put um, our contact information and for the genetic mailbox within Highland. So if there is a project that you are working on or looking to get some support with, um, we will put the the addresses and the links for some of the resources that we have available in the um, comment section at the end of the page. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.